Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This week, we have parted company with a icon of modern sport. Mm-hmm. Roger Federer. Uh, well, no. We, we have parted company with Roger Federer, but almost at the other end of the sporting spectrum mm-hmm. on our continuum as we lurch from yeah. one thing to the other, almost representative of the opposite of what Roger Federer stands for. We've sadly this week had to say goodbye to somebody who we loved a great deal. The Queen. No, Nicholas Latifi. Oh, okay. In in order, mm. which... Who, of saddest to least sad, Federer, the Queen, Latifi, go. Um, well, continuing the fun of the opening bit, <laughs> okay. uh, Nicholas Latifi. <laughs> okay, fair because, enough. And I feel like in terms of, I won't miss him for him, but I'll miss the times that he provided. I think this podcast, I would be amazed if the listenership doesn't fall off next season. Yeah. Uh, yeah without yeah. us having Nicholas Latifi to, uh, when we were so close to like getting to sponsorship numbers, weren't we? And now... Now, surely our listenership will fall away like because a wet Latifi's, cake. yeah, because he's leaving. One of the greatest sources of content. One of it's a bit like when Trump left and all the late night shows ran out of content to joke about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, he, he himself, a satire of what he was a part of. Yeah. In the same way that Trump was. Do you think that Lance Stroll's PR department have gone? Okay, listen, the limelight's going to be back on you next year, but not for anything good. <laughs> <laughs> Latifi was sort of so shit, though, that nobody even minded that yeah, he got bought he, a seat. But Mazepin leaving was so bad for Latifi's career because when Mazepin left, when Mazepin was in, you know, gave him a dreidel or whatever it's called in, mm-hmm. in Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. We look like fucking idiots. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then he left because of... Um, his daddy's investments and and then everyone just went okay who's shit now and Lance to his credit he's been pulling it in in you know he's been getting points this season he's been matching four time world champion Seb Vettel yeah exactly <laughs> pound for pound <laughs> does that mean if we think about it logically that means that like because ter- we only know how good drivers are yeah. based on the context of how they perform in the car that they're given yeah re like if Max was in a worse car then he'd be he wouldn't be winning world titles, would he? Mm-hmm. So, given that uh, Lance is matching Seb, like that surely means that Lance is one of the best Formula One drivers of all oh, time. Oh, meaning if you put Lance in the um, 2010 Red Bull... Yeah, he'd be the world champion. 
four-time world champion, four-time Lance, world champion. Lance, Lance Stroll. Stroll. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he'd love bees as much now? No, no. I think I think whilst he might have the same qualitative uh, attributes as Sebastian Vettel, I think. Uh, his interests would be very, very different. But Latifi, interestingly, despite the fact that (laughs) the funny thing about him is, A, he's got this insanely rich family that means that he can be a Formula One driver, but he doesn't receive any shit for it, really, because he's just so crap. So it just sort of, nobody cares. Like, it's just a fun sort of joke. The second thing is that Williams isn't the team that his dad has an investment in. His dad has an investment in McLaren, but he's so shit that he couldn't get in the one that is. Well, dad Latifi's, dad, the- Latifi's dad is paying for McLaren. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he's an investor in oh, McLaren. Oh, man, that's got to hurt it's so, so much. funny. <laughs> what do you think Latifi will do in... Because, firstly, you know, it's, it's hard to retire at whatever age. Latifi's at an age where you could go, he's only 22 or he's 39 and I wouldn't know what age he is. He has that face that you're like, how old Yeah, is he? Yeah. And he has, also has a receding hairline which doesn't help. Yeah. The, and, and also, he has, like if you just covered the top of his head and you were just to look at his face and I was to say, listen, your mortgage on does he have a receding hairline? Yes, immediately yes. He has the he has a receding hairline face. Latifi looks like um, someone who should be a brilliant seventies F one driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. looks like someone. If you saw a picture of him in the seventies, you go, I bet that guy was a world champion. Yeah. But now all the all the good drivers, purely by coincidence, all look like Instagram models. Yeah, with that. I'm Josh Weller, and I'm Alfie Brown. Is dirty air. What do you think he's going to do in retirement? It's well, quite I don't a tough know. thing to have peaked at whatever age he is. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe there'll be some jokes about it later on in the show. Well, maybe there will. Maybe there will. Let's find out. Um, that's a tough pill to swallow as well. For Because, you know, I remember when I was a kid and my dad would drive me to, I, I did um, uh, Irish dancing lessons. When did I was you? Kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, did my, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my dad... Would drive me to. Why are you looking at me? Like, because I just think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know why it was? It's because all of you know you get to sign up for classes after school sometimes. Yeah, you were late, and I was late. Literally, like like the episode of The Simpsons where Bart Simpson had to do ballet. It was literally that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dad uh, would drive me to it every day after school or every week after school. Mm-hmm. And then when I decided I didn't want to do it anymore, my dad was upset. But also, not upset, but he was like, well, you've put in all this effort. But at the same time, he was pleased because he didn't have to do it anymore. He could just go to the pub. Yeah. What do you think Latifi's dad feels having invested $600 million into his son's career? Do you think it's $600 million? I mean, it's like... And it's got to be close to... It's also not in his... It's into, McCla- it's into Lando Norris's <laughs> career. <laughs> How do you think Sorry, that makes... DJ Norris. <laughs> DJ Norris. DJ Norris. He, he did he's a, gone for DJ he, Norris, not he, DJ Lando. He did a DJ set this, this week, didn't he? And it's just surely not just... DJ Lawrence. Lawrence, though. Did he not learn? Did did F one drivers learn nothing from Lewis Hamilton's music career? Um, Do you remember that? No, I don't. I still know the song that he he played a song on sixty minutes, and the song Lewis Hamilton's music. Remember, he had a, he made an album because he was dating a pussycat doll, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Hey, you should really try singing." And she went, maybe I'll get into driving. And he went, don't be stupid. And um, <laughs> and he had that song. Lewis Hamilton had that song. Went, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a baby. 
I love with diamonds and never love them, they're crazy. When you, you said you remembered me, it, that you was, be with me, that was you being now. ambitious, wasn't it? No, that that's was, it. That's how it goes. That's genuinely how it goes. Yeah. baby. You should be rocking with me. You should be telling you now. You should be rocking with me. And at the beginning he goes, one, two, three. And he does that weird counting where it's, you can't oh, really hear what he's shit. saying. Yeah. He must be so. One, two, three. Everything he does now is trying to make amends. It's must, it, to grow up in the public eye in that way and to go, oh, everybody here still remembers. Yeah, yeah, that's like, why. That's why so many people dislike him because he's being very altruistic and, and um, you know, digging into his roots and his history and trying to change the sport and educate people and bring diversity in. But everyone's like, we remember that fucking song, Lewis. Mm. We remember your dumb song. He doesn't even talk too much anymore about, um, like, uh, like Tommy Hilfiger or whatever it is. Doesn't he want to, he had a, did he have a fashion line? Yeah, yeah, well, they still sponsor the team, but he did, yeah, there was the Lewis Hamilton um, Spring Fall, whatever, collection. Spring Fall. My guess is, my guess is, is that um, everyone at Tommy Hilfiger went, yeah, all the F1 fans will want to buy really cool Tommy Hilfiger. And everyone in, who likes F1 was like, I'm not buying a fluorescent pink mm. puffer coat yeah, yeah, with an LH. I'll stick to my green North Face hoodie, <laughs> thank you very much indeed. <laughs> What would um, Nicholas Latifi's, if he had a music career now, yeah. after F1, because he can't go into NASCAR, can he? No. He's too shit. Even all the F1 drivers, the worst F1 drivers who smash IndyCar, I don't even think he could smash IndyCar. No. Well, no. And would that be more embarrassing? Like going there and then being, oh yeah, we've got the F1 guy here. And then to not succeed in the context of a lower standard racing would be even more embarrassing than being yeah, the worst. Exactly. Yeah. So um, maybe it is a music career that he's going to have. Yeah. What, what genre of music would Nicholas Latifi make if he were a musician? Country. I think it has to be country, right? It has to be country. Well, Cause he's Canadian. It could be like a, you know, acoustic folk duo, you know, where they he's slap. also got Iranian and Italian heritage. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, Latifi. Yeah. Isn't that, Oh yeah, I guess that is Italian. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, his, his, father was called yeah the Tifosi didn't really take to Latifi <laughs> like, yeah there G- wasn't a big Tifosi <laughs> Giovinazzi uh, didn't even race for Ferrari sure he was with the engine and engines supplier team oh, but, for me. Oh, yeah. but surely Nicolas Latifi they, even the Italians were like no he's not, he not, not he not, but I don't know what Latifi is Latifi. no 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 Latifi's not the Latifi is I think sort of French like he's like French Canadian like he's he's got a lot going on there. Yeah. Um he's the only one with a kind of like uh anglicized uh name. His brothers and sisters are called like Mahmoud and stuff like that. Oh really? Yeah. Um his merchandise plummeted. You know this after they announced that he was uh leaving. Oh, no. You think it would go up? Cuz they're all Yeah, there's going to be a shortage. Yeah, like right? it's now it's like a pri- it's 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 the end of the line. So yeah. now it's li- limited edition. Yeah. Wow, yeah. No, it's like, oh no. His t-shirts went down in price. Um, and Are you sure that's not just the pound? I mean, the you, pound you, is... you being on the website <laughs> looking in pounds. No, everything's like, what's happening here? Oh no, they've just had to adjust for the strength of the pound. And it got me thinking, because you know when every F1 driver, they all have their own little lame brand, don't mm-hmm. they? Of, of their, here's my logo, like Lando has an L, whatever. The, and, and Nicholas... Isn't it all just their shit signature? No, well, Latifi's is an L, but the corner of the L fractures off. Sorry, it's an N. Mm. But the corner of the N fractures into an L. So it says NL, but it's all in an N kind of thing. Yeah. 
and Lando's is like him screaming at a nanny or whatever, whatever the stupid Lewis is a yellow, you know, still we rise. Um, which means that DeVries and Piastri will be working on their logos mm-hmm. at the minute. Um, so I think Piastri should just say something like, I it should just say, I, I will not be racing at McLaren or something funny, right? He mm. should meme himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good idea. I and mean, Alpine. I will yeah. not be racing at Alpine. And uh, DeVries. Because like, he will be racing at McLaren. Exactly. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Alpine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, it's hard to keep up. It is hard it to keep is up hard with to keep Piastri, up. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, literally, I mean, we'll find out if it's. Yeah, it's going to be very, very. It was, it was always very hard for Latifi to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which means De Vries is going to be working on his merchandise. And I was wondering, if you were an F1 driver, mm-hmm. what would your logo be? What distil- What's the distillation of Alfie Brown F1 driver? It depends on the sort of F1 driver I think I'd be. Like, would I be more, um, would I be Vettel or would I be uh, like uh, Lance? And those are the two sort of extremities that you can go for. Uh, you could go for the kind of cool... Um, uh, you know, grown up in the sport, Alonso, which is you know, Alonso's one would have to just be like a pink fist, uh, which I quite like the idea of. You sort of smiling, like worried that I was about to become extremely filthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was wondering. I was like, is this sex or punching? I don't know which I think one it's it was. Both. That's the thing. It's like a pink fist, like what you know. Um, I surely his would be like um, just sort of a towel wrapped around a waist after a after a nice hot shower. Mm. Or like a ladle, of, yeah. Bottas's would be a a ladle, a, a, la- a ladle of water uh, being poured over hot coals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that's, would be. That's very good. That's very good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Zhou Guanyu's would just be an upside down car, mm-hmm. the underside of a car. Because Sebastian Vettel's is like V four because he has four world championship titles, which he at that point probably thought would be a temporary. Yeah. Logo. <laughs> yeah. Good thing we're going to be able to keep the uh, merch, I suppose, if we want to look at the silver linings. Um, the way Max's, gone. Is just, Max's logo is just a dad beating the sun. Christ almighty. And, um, uh, oh, man, I just, do you think that, because I got thinking about this as well, if Latifi had retired a year earlier, Lewis Hamilton would have eight world championship titles, like in a sort of sliding doors. Mm. You know, if Gwyneth Paltrow got on the tube one second earlier, yeah. if Latifi had been kicked out of Williams one year earlier, yeah, um, he would. He Ma- would never have been able to crash in uh, Abu Dhabi, right? Max would have be winning about to win his first championship title. Yeah, Lewis would have, but maybe the. Maybe the issue in the summer was everybody felt so deflated by the injustice that they felt like they'd suffered that the productivity of their, you know, aerodynamics and engine departments just sort of went through the roof. They Or maybe they overcompensated feeling like they had to work twice as hard. They made so many changes to this car to ensure that they didn't kind of undergo, it's not going to be close. They did too much. They overreached. Maybe Latifi crashing is the reason why Hamilton isn't winning his ninth this year. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. See, Latifi is responsible for, in a, in a roundabout way, see, we, we're giving him, um, you know, grief. We're just trying to wind you up, guys. We, we, we like him. Um, but he's responsible for the narrative mm. of the sport for the last 12 months in a roundabout way. And I, I do wonder, because I don't think that it's going to be a big retirement party for him. Um, well, yeah, and if 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 anybody who puts the party on does call it a retirement party, 
I think he'll kind of quietly be quite upset by that. <laughs> well, I, I've not retired. Yeah, but you have retired. Like you've been retired. You didn't. You didn't retire, but you have been retired. Yeah, and it's also not the first time he's retired in in his yeah, F1 yeah, career. Yeah. He's retired many, many times from he's many, the, he's many. The, he's the perennial retiree. What do you think Red Bull will buy him as a leaving present? Because um, I think it will be more expensive than what Williams buy him. Mm, whatever it is, will be. Uh, well, maybe it'll be kind of underhand and like you, you don't, we don't owe you anything. Like they, they're, they're sort of loathed to even acknowledge that Latifi exists because he reminds them of the invalidity of the victory. Like they are just in denial about the existence of Latifi. <laughs> they want to, that somebody's going to, are you going to Latifi's leaving? But Latifi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not sure that I even know who that, nope. Okay. Uh, so I don't think they're going to acknowledge. <laughs> I think they're. I think they're Latifi denialists. Hey guys, um, I'm having a leaving party, a retirement. Pa- no, a leaving party tonight, and um, I got badges and stickers, and we're going to play uh, pin the tail on the crashed Williams. And uh, I really love if you could come. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a a buffet, a buffet food, pick and mix. Uh, we're doing little jammy dodgers, <laughs> marsh marshmallows. What's not beyond the realms of possibility? is that he takes one of the remaining seats for next year. We're taking the piss now. He might still be racing in F1 next year. I, do you think? Which well, seat? No, 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 I mean, I don't. No, you don't think, I do don't, you? I no, don't, no, 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 no. I really. Beyond, I think it is beyond the realms of possibility. Do you, is it, though? I think it is beyond the realms of possibility, yeah. Really? I think Lance is, I mean, Lance is fine. It's not, they're, Lance not, is, they're not comparable. Lance, as we've proved this show, is one of the greatest F1 drivers of all time. That is true. I stand corrected. You're absolutely right. And, uh, and I apologise. Thank you for apologising. Um, he could still take one of the remaining seats. Latifi, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe he'll end up in Alpine. That would be, fa- I mean, the, what did the, the Pat Fry, the Alpine um, technical team principal this week, said that... Uh, he went, if we put Max in the Alpine, um, he'd still only finish three places higher, um, which is so it's not a big deal that Alonso's left. Than where yeah, then where Alpine started. are currently. No, no, no. If, they put, if Max started in P11 mm-hmm. in, a, in an out current Alpine, he could only get three places higher because the car's not fast enough. Yeah. And I just thought it was really interesting. It's the first time I've heard a team principal for a long time kind of make sense. It's- and he just went, yeah, our car's not fast enough to win. And it's, it's, it's the thing that dare not speak its name in Formula One, isn't it? The fact yeah. that the cars go different speeds. <laughs> Everybody that, sort of ignores it. Cause like, yeah, it's like, it's almost become a truism. Like, yeah, obviously the cars go, but nobody who works in F1 goes, yeah, well, obviously, obviously the car's not very fast, is it? Yeah, it's just nowhere near fast enough. So, so that's why we don't win. There's a, it was the, it, there's a, there is, it's a, is it called cognitive dissonance? Because mm. Horner was on the Beyond the Grid podcast this week and he, the amount of times he said in the interview, the only thing that Michael Massey did wrong at the end of last season was he didn't let the last two cars unlap themselves. He said it so many times mm. that after the third time he said it, I was, I just thought, he knows. Oh, he knows. He knows. And he knows that, and he spent so long, like, you know, when you do something wrong in your life that you spend all of your free time walking down the street, buying sandwiches, coffees, uh, doing your shop on the toilet. You spend every single moment trying to construct logical justification for the bad action that you 
took. He is he has not had a bowl of Alpen in the last year that did not also consist of him going, why was it right that the thing I wanted to happen happened? What? Why was that the right thing? Let's just try and convince myself beyond reasonable doubt that my victory was a valid thing to take place. I'm not encouraging people to listen to other F1 podcasts until this one's finished. Yeah. But obviously, you know, listen to all of our, listen today and also tell all your friends about it as well. But do listen to Horner on, on uh, Beyond the Grid because at the start of the podcast, he goes, um, he goes, yeah, you know, uh, last time I was on the show was 2018. It was the same day that Daniel had uh, cashed in his chips uh, for Red Bull. And uh, ironic now, same week, he's had his chips cashed in by F1. And it was just like, why did you need to Oof. say that? Well, what? that sounds rehearsed as well. Yeah. And he, it's a very, it's like Alan Partridge. Needless to say, I had the last laugh. <laughs> it's like, Horner, you're a world champion. You're going to win two in a row and you're going to get the constructors this year. Just shut the fuck up. Mm. He doesn't, and he, he says it, there's in, that when he's in being on, um, when he's on the Oxford University uh, they interview him on that YouTube page that they have. Mm. And he can't just say a nice thing. He has to have a little di- dig at everyone. Yeah. It's like, you're already the winner. Look at you. You're a little hairy man. You're it, the, the I, th- odds I think that therein you- lies the problem though, doesn't it? <laughs> I think that is why there's still so much anger because he can't, You n- nobody gives you the opportunity like to be, when you win a Formula One championship, to be four inches taller. You can't, you can't win height. You will always be. Do you think Horner has, he strikes me as someone who has a dojo. Yeah, he definitely does Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's got one of those rooms in his house that sort of has made of loads of bamboo and you go in and it's playing panpipe music and he has samurai swords on the wall. Mm-hmm. He drinks green tea out of a bowl with both hands. <laughs> and with nods his legs crossed. With his legs crossed. <laughs> Meditates and then goes clay pigeon shooting. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, I also wanted to ask you. So, in the uh, F one um, world, now that Singapore is coming up, first time in three years that we've been to Singapore. Um, well, it feels like the first time in three years we're going to watch a race again. Yeah, it's like, been a it, long break. They, we had the fucking break, and then because Russia decided to invade Ukraine. Uh, we can't have a Russian Grand Prix in Sochi anymore, which, mm. as we state, isn't even really Russia. Russia's too big for all of Russia to actually be Russia. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, if they Spoken could just... like a true student of geopolitics. Yeah. But there was two weeks because they have to transport everything from Italy to Singapore. I really want to see how that happens. Like, I want to get on... They must have those huge, like... Ukraine, actually, are the only country that have those, like... Have you seen the biggest plane in the world? Mm. You probably know the name of it, actually, given your love of planes. The big... uh, I think they call it the... uh, Hercules? uh, Yeah, whatever it is. It's an Airbus. Yeah, yeah, and it's like... And the front comes off. Yeah, and it's got a big belly. It's got a big, fat belly. They call it like a a beluga or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, And then um, you fill the belly with all the kind of stuff and then it flies other anyway the russians took it out so they can't be transporting all of it in that but i wonder how they get the stuff i imagine these well, big they like, have, helicopters they fly like- them you know they fly them in 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 freight planes but what was interesting was during the pandemic um they flew they actually spent millions of dollars they flew it all to australia and then they canceled the race and they were like well i mean obviously the next race is going to happen so they flew it to another place and there was genuinely a period of time where they were just 
everyone was just in the airports with the cars in the boot of the airplanes going, all right, well, what do we do? And they were just stuck in transit for like weeks while the pandemic spread. Oh, wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How many cars does each team have? Like just, I know that, I, I imagine that Latifi's not driven the same actual car that he's always driven because he smashed it to bits. Yeah, but they're not allowed to build another one. There's no spare car like there was in the 80s. Remember when Brundle crashed in um, no. Monaco and they just popped him in another car? No. And they went, are you sure you're right to race? And he went, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine. Just remind me again. What circuit is this? <laughs> <laughs> and they went, Martin, get out the car. <laughs> Maybe that's what every grid walk is. That's just he's still concussed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, who are you? <laughs> Zendaya. Who the fuck are you? Zendaya. Which circuit is Zendaya? Which country is Zendaya in? Oh God, I love him so much. He is um, great. Uh, I wanted to ask you. Um, all the drivers are getting ready for Singapore. Yeah. As they race around the Raffles Hotel, um, and um, they're posting all these photos of themselves in their saunas mm-hmm. to get ready for the race, mm-hmm. which is, I think, essentially an excuse for them to thirst trap the world working then right because they're they're all obsessed with being these sex symbols now i'm not sure how obsessed they are but there are certainly people around them who are going by the way if people want to fuck you that's like good yeah that's really good. Oh, that's good for the team esteban take the dungarees off <laughs> and put on a prada bulletproof vest and your stock worth will increase ocon put the computer games ocon stop painting warhammers and get out, go to a fashion show, sit at the front, sit at the, sit, oh, well, we can only get you second row, um, but, you know, that's higher up than you star most races. <laughs> I love so, the idea of watching him bemused as somebody, like, walks past wearing, like, a kind of sparkling golden pyramid. Uh, <laughs> and him going, so what do you want me to wear? What? Yeah. What is this? And his, his Nintendo Switch is just burning a hole in his pocket. <laughs> Play me! Play me! <laughs> Uh, it might, yeah. I mean, I, here's what I want to see in Drive to Survive. Because when they construct this ridiculous narrative, firstly, you're watching a show about a season that you already know the ending of. Like that's, imagine if a new series of Friends came out and, and six months before it came out, they went, by the way, Ross and Rachel get back together. You, it would ruin the show. Yeah. And th- th- what they should do in Drive to Survive is get rid of all of the racing stuff and just show me the meetings where Ocon stylist goes, listen, you need to bring out the sexy Ocon. Yeah. Bring out all that stuff. Bring them saying to Lewis, Lewis, have you ever thought about wearing pink? Stop showing any of the race. Don't even show the race on the telly anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have a sort of made in in Monaco sort of style TV program. Keeping up with the F1ians. Like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kelly, PK and Max Verstappen meet in a hotel that for some reason nobody else is in and have an awkward conversation about where their relationship is going. The only way is Monaco. The only way is Monaco. Yeah. Monaco Shaw. Yeah, there's the other there one. There we go. Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> um, it's what they should do as well. I've, I've realised with all the, <laughs> all the ticket kerfuffle in Silverstone last yeah. week with them boosting the prices, what they should do is ticket two events over the weekend. Mm-hmm. First one is the race. So mm-hmm. the people who like F1 could just go watch the race. And then the second one is where you just see the drivers do a fashion show. Mm, and like in a kind of an immersive theater experience. Yeah. Like, you know, when you go on the tube and like there's a scary story going on. Yeah. And you're like with the actors and they react to you. And that's what they are. But it's like instead of like immersive theater, it's immersive reality TV. Yeah. 
So you have their constructive narratives and you get to go and be a part of their constructive narratives right. and watch them in their ice bath as all their muscles sort of firm up and they go, oh, it's cold. And you know how... <laughs> but I'm, It's cold, but I'm hot. Remember um, when football teams used to have, they put a song out before they went to the World Cup or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, they all do a song together. We're driving really fast and he's gonna win, I'm gonna win. Lewis, Max, Charles, Carlos. Like, do you just, not think that they'd try and F1 it? So like that's a they, they make all the football songs try and sound like football songs, but they'd probably make the F one song sound like either oh, like got, a Calvin Harris dance yeah, tune yeah. or a national. You anthem. know what it would sound like? Can you just go like this? Right, <laughs> It's Charles. Show Grand You. Have some Mac I loved that. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta make that. Yeah, yeah. And you just come out. You buy your tickets for the for the uh, celeb event, mm-hmm. and then the people who want to watch the race can just watch the race, and everyone else can get their photos and. And they maybe they do like a little theatre play mm-hmm. where Max and Lewis fight, but then they break into a song about a fight. Yeah. You know? I'd like the idea of like it being a tragedy as well, like a, the warring factions of Formula One fandom, like the drive to survivors versus the like parabolica angle like people, like Chain Bear and Peter Windsor, like crying over the corpse of F1. Going, It'd be amazing. It, it used to be so much about the racing. And then you and me in between watching them murder each other. We've made and F1 better. We've made F1 better. You and I. Just now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just now. Yeah. All the drivers are prepping for Singapore by posting sauna pics, mm-hmm. right? So that's, what, that's how they get ready for the humidity. And they're all staying up late. And, and, you know, watching late night television so that they can get their bodies wired for the body clock. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. Right. My question to you is, what would the drivers do to prepare for the other races? Because we only really see Singapore as the one where they go, you know, you have to prep really hard for it because you lose like 17. the only hot place right? that they race. Yeah. And yeah. it's because it's a night race and we have the clear visors and, and we all have to be in a sauna for a little week. I'm living in a sauna. I'm eating my muesli in a sauna. Yeah. Right. What would they do for the other? So how should they prep for Monaco? Um, I think uh, maybe uh, in Islington, they've introduced recently, a few years ago, a 20 mile an hour speed limit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe just a drive around Islington near all the schools, <laughs> a really kind of nice leisurely. We're just driving really slowly and boringly <laughs> uh, just to prep for... Uh, Monaco. Uh, yeah, that's that's how I'd prep for Monaco. How would they prep for Great Britain, Silverstone? Um, they would... Uh, they could flush all their money down the toilet, uh, uh, get ready to be poor. Uh, they could... I tell you what, they could... As opposed, the opposite to being in a steam room, they could experience a very kind of cold winter without the ability to heat themselves properly. Like the British public. Like the British public yeah, yeah, in the great. cost of living crisis, yeah. Uh, okay, what about Italy? Italy, how do you prepare for the Italian Grand Prix? Um, I think just You could don't. just go around your local village touching women inappropriately. 
Um, you could. I think just don't do anything. Mirror yeah, the yeah. strategy of Ferrari. Just no prep. Have a big sleep. <laughs> Have a big time sleep and <laughs> lunch. Okay. Uh, what about um, Abu Dhabi? Okay. So in, in, invite another family over for dinner. Okay. And allow them to live by rules that you don't allow your own family to live by. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Because they don't like um, homosexuality or women. No. Do they? So that, you, well, that's what I was thinking as well. If Jamie Chadwick gets a seat in F1, is she going to be allowed to race in Saudi Arabia? Well, I think they did, you know, they did, they did weigh everything up because obviously, you know, the drivers are covered up. So that's good. I guess that's, so that's true. She's that's wearing good. a helmet. So that's, um, that's good. But she would be driving a car. And actually you need, you need to race in Formula One. You need a super license, don't you? Yes. And I think over there, they, <laughs> you're not even really allowed a license. Uh, <laughs> what they it's do- an interesting thing about like what having all these races in these places, especially like Saudi Arabia is a pretty insane place for a Grand Prix. And what this is, is called sports washing. And it goes on a lot. There was a big kind of golf thing about it where the Saudi Arabian golf thing, they, lots of golfers went and did it for millions and billions of pounds. And then the other golf sort of uh, circuit said, well, you're not allowed to play, you know, good luck getting your fucking green coat, you greedy bastards. Um, But it's Formula One is very accommodating of all these uh, bad states, countries, very bad countries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the PR of having to kind of cancel Russia is like, oh yeah, no, but it's a Western war, so we don't like that. Yeah. Whereas, kind of maintaining its interests in Saudi Arabia, yeah, but it's only fucking Lebanon, isn't it? I know, and it's such a shame that they've built such good circuits in that part of the world, isn't it? Uh, because I wouldn't give, a, I couldn't care less about them if Monaco stopped existing, even though they announced this week that it's going to twenty twenty five. I know. Um, whereas the races in the countries where they are abhorrent to human rights yeah, they're kind of really good really good circuits I know that's, that's how you should really prep for Saudi Arabia is cut both your hands off yeah steal with your <laughs> like like one of those uh, when you see people like making a rolly yeah uh, when while they're, they're while driving, driving and they're, so they're steering with <laughs> yeah, their knees exactly how hard can it be because you they're all buttons yeah 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 I just mean, like you have to shift gear Button bash with your nose, yeah. or have a little like a like a put a little a rubber point on your on your helmet so you exactly. can Boosh, just bash it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, Kubica, he had he genuinely had muscular um, uh, connection problems after his accident to his hand. He still managed to come back to F one. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's how we prep. That's how we prep on the Dirty Air podcast. <laughs> okay, so uh, two things before we tie up this show. Number one, we touched on it briefly earlier. Lando Norris did a DJ set. Yeah. Thoughts? Um, Didn't really ask you your thoughts. Well, I I feel, first of all, I'm interested in his song choices. Yeah. I feel like there might have been like a lot of... Do you think that his set list is on setlist.fm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he played Supermax? No, I think it, I, I I feel like it might have been a lot of things. I feel like he might have done a lot of googling cool stuff. Oh, before that's he went. really interesting. Yeah. I don't think the, the set that he DJed will be his own personal music taste. It was very. I think he he goes okay. Uh, we're gonna like we've got some propeller heads. We've got some. Uh, we've got some uh, Calvin Harris. We've got Tiesto, and then he goes home. Like on the on the in the in the, in the car home. 
this driver says, nice DJ set. Do you want me to, you know, put a selection of those sorts of songs on? Uh, no, thank you. Can we listen to Hairspray? Can we listen to the Magic Roundabout soundtrack? <laughs> oh, yeah. Round one, he'll take me by the hand. And then round two, we'll book the wedding band. And then round three. Na, 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 na. Uh, it was really funny at the start of the set when Lando was DJing, you could see his mate basically... Lando's, you know, that fist in the air that DJs do, which yeah. is like, I'm dancing, but I've also got to have one hand on my headphones. So, you know, I'm working. Yeah. You know, and they do that like whoop, 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 where they, one hand goes in the air. Lando was doing that, but there was also just someone fiddling all the knobs for him again. Okay, fucking Lando, I'm fucking, it's not going to, I've got to set this up. <laughs> for fuck's sake, Lando. <laughs> um, and finally, Seb Vettel, V4, Sebastian Vettel, uh, yeah. he was spotted in the Tate Modern, just walking around on his own. Yeah. What not that cool? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> he's becoming a bit predictable now, isn't he? Is he's he? becoming like a kind of impersonation of... like the, the way in which we've cartoonized Seb Vettel is... we ha- It's not a cartoon anymore. He, he is a caricature of what he... <laughs> everything that we think Seb Vettel is. <laughs> going around the Tate Modern and going to a, a vegan cafe going to get like vegan doner kebab from Brick Lane from What the Pitter, which what, is a place that I love. But. What do you think Seb Vettel would say looking at a Jackson Pollock to the stranger next to him? Um, uh, you really get a sense, the, like the feeling of chaos is quite visceral, isn't it? Oh, really? I thought I think he'd look at it and go, my five-year-old also does these. Oh, yeah, that's know? a nice take. Yeah, I think he'd be quite lighthearted about it. Um, I think maybe both. My five-year-old also does these, but... But no, seriously, the sense of chaos is quite visceral. <laughs> my soul does feel fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really funny. I think I have this on on my on my fridge. From Isn't my... <laughs> is the Tate Modern the gallery with the guy sucking his own cock? The little sculpture. <laughs> I don't know. There's a there's they a changed little... the artwork. Round. Yeah, I know. I don't think there's any Jackson Pollock in there now. It's all going to be you know. I mean, I have no idea. I don't even know. I don't even know what it would be. I don't. Um, Also, before we tie up, every driver, when they score a point, gets a cash bonus apart Mm -hmm. from, apart from Nicholas Latifi. Yeah. Um, Well, it would be a purely theoretical bonus anyway. Which driver, I have the list here, which driver gets the most money per point? Do you, I'm asking you, I'm quizzing you. Um, So the amount, if he gets one point, it's a 1.9 million euro bonus. For scoring one point per point, they get this. Um, who is it? Which driver? Now, I'm assuming that the incentive system works based on so, like Max's point, like a, a bonus system, won't be based on points, but we'd be based on position, podiums, positions, mm-hmm. and race wins. Correct. So, I'm assuming that, like points wise, you're going to be looking at a rich team that maybe has the, the onus on points more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm going for Alonso. Alonso. No, Alonso gets 320, a measly 322,000 euros per point that he scores. Um, but first place, any guesses? Well, I mean, that was one guess. Uh, I think Vettel drives okay. for lower than okay. you think. I have to ask. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint here. Yeah? It's definitely not anyone you'd expect. Okay. It's... Uh, Yuki. He's right down the bottom, sadly. Uh, he gets a measly 68,000 euros, um, but he's only on 750,000. A year? Mm-hmm. 
Wow. I know. That's nothing. I know. The uh, per point is Lance Stroll, mm. who gets 1.9 minutes, which is a very clever way of, of um, his dad giving money back to mm. him, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> after that is Danny. Yeah, um, well, I, was, I, was, I thought Danny might be a good shout. And third is Vettel. Maybe that's why the kind of mechanics that McLaren keep on making his car so slow, just to avoid paying <laughs> so him any money for points. Pay him any money. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, we forgot to put a screw in. Oh no. Third is Vettel, which would support the rumours that he's racing for free at Aston Martin. It also explains why he's so pissed off when he doesn't get out of Q1 or Q2, because he's literally not getting paid that week. Yeah, millions and pounds. Uh, and the, yeah, Russell is the lowest paid per point, 25,000, and he's on 5 million a year, which is a lot. I mean, it's a lot more money than you and I make. Yeah. Uh, more money to put together than you and I make. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's, that, even that is true. And uh, before we tie up this week's show, um, obviously we reach out to you, uh, you guys every week to ask who should be on a day in the life of. We reach out to different members of the F1 paddock uh, to find out what they do in a week when they're not racing. And um, we've reached out to you guys. Uh, we asked who you wanted on the show. Uh, we had uh, David Croft, Will Buxton, Mike Crack, Max Verstappen, Sebastian Vettel. We got this a lot. Sainz's cousin manager bloke mm-hmm. was the one that came up quite a lot. Um, the sort of Clark Kent to Carlos Sainz's Superman, because they look exactly the same. Um, whoever does Jos Verstappen's weekly big shop uh, someone else said, one day you're going to have to do Yuki Tsunoda and I can't wait to see how that pans out. Um, I think probably hear how that pans out. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 or if we were seeing how it panned out, then that would be really... Exactly. You'd, you'd really be at the at the sharp end of the cancellation knife, wouldn't you? The ghost of Nicky Lauda. Um, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. And I, but then you do it. You, I mean, not you do it, sorry. I, I can do a good Nicky Lauda. I know you can. Yeah, that's the sort of, we'd have to outsource that to you. But also, I couldn't, nah, I couldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable. Nicky Lauda talks, he has no time for bullshit and takes all the gaps when he's talking. Maybe you could teach me how to do a Nicky Lauda and at some point. And then I'm, he I'm, says, I mean, the car is driving like a shitbox. We also have Eddie Irvine, which would have been great. Uh, Toto, Ted, Charles... Alonso, Seb, Alonso, Gunter Steiner, the butt cheeks of Bottas. That was a good one. But an overwhelming response this week by, I would say, over 70% of you asked, yeah. one person in particular, the man of the moment, the star of this show, the star of last last year's championship. Uh, it is the one, the only, day in the life of Nicholas Latifi. Very kind of Nicholas to write this into us. Um, I'm just going to try and get into the appropriate, not only headspace, but vocal space um, to... It is quite like um. It's like uh, Jordan Peterson or kind of Kermit the Frog. It has that element to it. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> A day in the life of Nicholas Latifi. I don't tend to keep traditional days, so to speak. I have a watch built specifically to do the job I need. Uh, what I like to do is I live by Martian time. A Martian day, or Sol, is 24 hours and 39 minutes. And I find those extra 39 minutes perfectly accommodate me and the speed at which I choose to live my life. So this is a soul in the life of Nicholas Latifi. <laughs> I am a complicated man, a contradiction, an avant-garde subverter of ritual, a man of Iranian and Italian heritage, but Canadian, a man of passion and red-blooded desire, but boring. 
I adore to go slow, but I adore to crash. How can I ever be happy when my desires are always in conflict with each other? I heard my countryman Jordan Peterson say that natural daylight first thing in the morning improves alertness and can help your circadian rhythm. So I start my day by eating eggs and staring into the sun. My corneal cells start to crack and blister, and I'm literally in agony, retching in distress as I force my eggs down. No pain, no gain. For overcast days, I have a welding torch that I stare into. I, le- I like to leave no stone unturned in pursuit of my improvement. Today is no regular day. I have an important meeting with Jost Capito, a man whose name, interestingly in Italian, is barely understand. As in, do you understand? Well, I Jost Capito. <laughs> I arrived for my meeting fashionably late. Well, I was two hours late in some gorgeous loafers. Jost sits me down and tells me that I will not be racing for Williams next year. I scoff and say, was I ever racing for Williams? <laughs> He scrunches his face slightly and explains that this is this attitude was sort of the problem. I wouldn't expect him to understand my extremely complex and metatextual driving style. I start to explain to him Durkheim's sacred and profane dichotomy, and he interrupts and says, Nicholas, you're out. Do you understand? And I say, I just capito. I make my way towards the exit of Williams F1 headquarters, which is a former minicab office in Leighton, and I see Nick DeVries. Ugh, they're pursuing points. How hack. That's been done, hasn't it? Points. How derivative. I arrive home, and my incredibly attractive girlfriend is waving a Yellowstone DVD at me seductively. Where are we finding DVDs from these days, I ask her. She just smiles, and in the other hand, she lifts Lisa Kudrow's underrated naughties offering, The Comeback. She suggests that instead of watching a box set, perhaps we make love. I don't want to. As befits a man with my contradictions, I love women, but I hate pussy. (laughs) Sometimes I think it would be easier to be a simpler man. I bet Nick DeVries likes pussy. (sighs) We settle on watching the comeback. Ironically, my girlfriend's back being the only place I can come. (laughs) There is no time to lose. I need to get back to work. Find a new job. That's how I roll. 24.02.71 hours a soul. 668 souls a year. I see a job offer for a drag racer. I call, but they explain they're looking for a drag racer, not a racer who's a bit of a drag. I'm keen to uphold the culinary traditions of my heritage. So for dinner, I cook my girlfriend Fanafel Bolognese Poutine. We eat and are sick everywhere, and this makes me ecstatic. To eat, but to be sick. To be slow, but to crash. Suddenly I feel horny for the first time in two years, my effluent feeling the need to surge out both my mouth and suddenly my cock. My girlfriend makes her excuses and leaves. I'll never be understood. Not in my lifetime, at least. It is time for bed. I stretch and yawn. Of course, I've been adding 39 minutes a day to my days for longer than I can remember. My days are totally out of sync with what local time actually entails. It's 2.30 p.m. in the afternoon, local time. Bright daylight. Night-night. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks, Nicholas Latifi. Nicholas Latifi. For writing in and show, And we wish you all the best. We really do. Mm. Um, can't wait to see you. He'll probably be a race director. He knows how to crash better than anyone. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, I'm Josh Weller. And I'm Alfie Brown. And this is Dirty Air. 
And at the beginning he goes, one, two, three. When you said you remembered it, that was that was you being ambitious, wasn't it? No, that's it. That's how it goes. That's genuinely how it goes. Yeah. You should be rapping with me. You should be telling you now. You should be rapping with me. I never thought in a million years I'd have people following me. You know, fans. I want to share it with them. I want to see what they think. And, uh, you know, my work ethic is exactly the same here as it is when I'm in the racetrack. But it's just here I can be me. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.